Welcome, Brandon, to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, brother, and uh, thank you for having me on. I'm glad you could make it. So you have been in a lot of different bands, and I don't think there's enough exposure on you about that. You've been, like, as we were saying earlier, in a bunch of bands, but you're like a musician's musician. So we're going <laughs> to uh, dig in and, and peel back the, uh, <laughs> the layers today. I always like to start at the beginning okay. for, for new people. Um, when you were, when you first start playing, so you play guitar, what else do you play? And you sing, obviously. You have a really great voice. Oh, my God. Thank you. Um, well, I, I play guitar, very little piano. Uh, I play bass. I can, um, I, I do all the harmonies on, on um, all the tracks. Um, sing, right? Uh, okay. You know, that's that's pretty much it. I can kind of get around the drums. I wouldn't say I'm really good, but I can get her. I can get her. I, I, like, when I go to the studio, I always... I'll uh, tell my producer that, like, this is. Right. You get your point across. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really, I'm not so great. I, I'll embarrass myself. I do. It yeah, no, you're a good enough yeah. singer and a, good, uh, and a guitar player. You jam on those two. That's all you need. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Two things you're awesome at. I'd kill to be good at one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that being said, did you go from the household music or was it just um, something you picked up on your own? No, it was a house full of it was a house full of music. My um, my mom and dad um, they played in bands and mainly like country bands and just weekend warrior kind of stuff. And uh, we were always we had to go to church on Sundays, and there was a lot of music there. And yeah, um, my uncle was a big influence of mine. Uh, he he was in a traveling um, cover band that played. Uh, five nights a week and so i i was definitely surrounded by music wow yeah and um which was nice um because you know you can call people you can call pretty much anybody up that you, that, that we were around and, and ask mm -hmm. questions and um they never looked at us like oh that, that little that little punk is wasting my time because you're asking a decent question uh an educational question or whatever so um yeah it was it was a completely a house full of music my brother's a drummer a songwriter uh my sister's a wonderful singer she tours with me from time to time yeah that's what we do when we get together for holidays we bring out the acoustic guitar and and so try and get fighting it's so much better than fighting at most of them <laughs> oh we do that we do that we can come to cover uh, at least i mean if, if, music brings it back though i mean i think that's great I think what's really it's, cool all, it's is, always all in good fun, but man, we give each other a hard time. I can imagine like when you're like, mom, dad, I'm going to do rock and roll. And I'm not going to do that. I want to move on. They weren't like, whoa, you know, you need to become a dentist or, you know, you know they, they kind of get it. I think I would assume, yes. right? Am I going ahead of the story? And I assume that they were pretty accepted when the time came. Well, it, that's, it's a great point. Um, and, and a lot of people don't know this. Uh, my, my parents were extremely supportive. Um, my grandma and grandpa extremely supportive that's awesome a lot of kids don't have that uh because it's such an unknown the, the the path of being a musician and getting on a level where you you it's monetary and uh or you can monetize it and um and and so yeah that's i had all of that i had all this the support in the world and in the lowest times i was still supported and, and it was never uh um 
you're throwing your life away. It, it, it was never any of that. We had, uh, we had guitars, we had drums, we had pianos um, in the in the basement at all times. Our our Christmases were, uh, you know, all musical instruments. Um, any interest, musical books, DVDs. Uh, you know, again, so, uh, I remember several Christmases where I was surprised with a new guitar and and my brother surprised with a new set of drums or. Uh, it was, there was 110, I can, I can honestly say there was 110% support from, from my family into what, what we were doing and, and what I'm doing still today. I mean, side note here, the fact that your parents bought drums for a child that lives in their house, like makes them almost superheroes. Because <laughs> let's face it, you have a six-year-old, you're gonna be like, drums, you have to get back to like, oh my God. Like, I have, uh, yeah. I have bass guitars, I have a wall, if I turn it, it's just all bass acoustic guitars and have amps and everything. I bought my kid a PA for her, her uh, Christmas, and then bought her guitar, and then for her 16th birthday, she wanted a bass amp, because she, she was playing out. Okay. But, but the drums, I'm like, oh, <laughs> find a drummer ah. in a garage. I bought you a PA system, because that's really what you want when you're in a band. We, I bought you a PA, but drums we, is heavy. We got, my daughter, um, a friend of mine, brought over an electronic set, so... Yeah, I, I can deal with that. Um, but yeah, no, it's my, I'm sure my parents were heavily annoyed. We were always down there just making racket. And, um, but it was, it was just a nothing but love. And all right, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. That was, I think that was awesome. Cool. Did you guys have any professional lessons too, or is it just all natural? Cause I mean, it sounds like you guys are all natural to begin with. So uh, I I actually believe it or believe it or not that sounds cocky, but it, I did have a hard time with the guitar when I first got it. My um, my brother had a natural ability to pound out a beat and and go to like church or whatever and and play on the drums. And I always thought, wow, he you know he should have a kit. I never played a guitar before um, they, they purchased me one. I knew I wanted one. Um, I played the bass a little bit, but that's a a single note kind of instrument and the guitar, you know, I had smaller hands. And so, yeah, I took about three months of um, professional lessons and uh, I had a really cool teacher. His name was Tommy Lee, a guitar player. And he would, every time I get there, he would buy me a Mountain Dew and it was in the glass bottle. Wow. And he, and he would say, uh, don't tell your mom I bought you a Mountain Dew. Uh, all right. So instantly I'm going, this guy's awesome. You know, I got a Mountain Dew. There's two guitars, two amps. And he would just say, look, I, I can do one of two things. I can show you theory and this and that, or we can just jam. And and I was like, well, what's jamming? And he started playing, you know, some, something. He goes, do you like how it sounds? I said, yeah. Uh, show me just how to do exactly that. So our lessons were, I would get it down. And then he, he would take a solo and then he would play and he would say, you know, this is kind of the space that you can start in mm-hmm. and why don't you do something over top? Just, and uh, so, yeah, I had a really cool teacher. And then unfortunately we moved to St. Louis and I didn't have that. I, I went to one lesson, I think, and I thought it was a real old guy and um, still what type of stuff going on. <laughs> super boring yeah uh, like oh god i gotta so i just it was books vhs tapes slowing the thing down and playing it back and but yeah i did have a little bit of professional lessons very very good so when when so you did a, you had a family band did you got did you like outside influences too 
if we start like a high school band and then like how, um, so obviously there's an evolution from there to, to you know to start moving and playing professionally like yeah I, I, so i i i had a band with my my twin brother it was called the gibbs brothers and uh we were 13 when we formed that band and we couldn't play any we couldn't play out anywhere um without a super you know supervision so we had this brilliant idea that we would hire my dad to play bass because he played bass <laughs> so now we could get gigs because we had a supervisor and he was yeah. in our band and so the gibbs brothers went on till 2010 um wow. and that's really how i that's really how i met some of the people i met we we were young enough and got lucky enough to meet a promoter that believed in us and put us on well our first show was with peter frampton um our first big show and from <laughs> yeah and, and as and from that it just went to the doobie brothers to ario speedwagon to poison to kansas to foreigner and um that's how we spent our youth a lot of other people had sports games and things and, and we were athletic but it wasn't we didn't live for it we lived for what we did on the weekend so, yeah, that was the early days, the Gibbs brothers, and what were you guys the band or original? The um, it, it was it was kind of a it was original, but in order to to we weren't at that point where we could play ninety minutes and just you know thanks good night. Mm -hmm. We had to play the four hour circuit, yeah. and so we we did at at the we did fifty fifty, and as we got into our um, late teens, it became more of an original show as we had more interest mm -hmm. from like higher ups, we, we morphed into something of our own a little bit, but the early days of total, total covers. And then we would sneak one in and we'd hope that the bar owner, whoever didn't notice. And so <laughs> this is a new Def Leppard song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is off a Def Leppard record that you've never heard. Yeah. This is a, yeah. An import over from Japan. So when you guys were doing it, did you guys do any independent releases or anything? Like well, stuff? Because this is yeah. about the time the digital age is kind of happening too. So you're in a different generation now than the other guys. You know, yeah, I mean, we did. We did. Uh, we 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 recorded a couple CDs. We did one called New Breed, which was all original, um, and we really did that one like out of the out of the trunk of the car kind of sales. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, or or merchandise at our shows, it it didn't have like a platform, a, a national platform at all. If if you saw a show, you could get a CD, uh, or you could order it off like CD Baby or whatever. And then, um, and then we did a record with uh, my bandmate Ricky Rocket called Brothers in Arms. He produced it, yeah. and how did same you thing him? from the tour. Well, you met, did you meet him on the tour? Like, how did you guys know? At this point, you're starting to overlap with other musicians. Like, so with Ricky, obviously, being known in another band, how oh, did yeah. you start? How did you start collaborate? Was it because you guys opened for him, and then you guys made a friendship, and then like, oh, we should do something together, and and, and it actually happened. <laughs> As every musician says, we should do something together. Well, yeah, I mean, we were we were kids, and we were opening for him, and um, we had a handful of shows with him, and uh, my brother asked ricky says well i know you got a home studio would you ever produce anything for us mm -hmm. and he said yeah so we flew out there and he 
you know, at that point, it was kind of like after you open up for them enough, you're, you're friends. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and then, of course, later in life, in my uh, later, I think I was 29 when, 28 or 29, when he asked me to join the Devil City Angels. But yeah, no, we opened for him. That's how, that's how every single relationship started was we opened for him, we mind our manners. And then um, if you do that right, you, you can move further ahead than if you're an, an egotistical band. That's how we met a lot of people was opening for them mm-hmm. and creating relationships, which came in handy for me when it when it became time to to be a solo artist and reach out to different people and where were you based at that point when you were touring were you still as a family in st louis or we had you start moving towards la and we went to uh well ironically we moved back to iowa and we based everything out of iowa which in a way was uh in a way it kind of helped us because we were centrally located we could kind of get anywhere Mm-hmm. you know quicker than some but it held us back a little bit uh we were somewhat of a big fish in a very small pond mm-hmm. and um it wasn't until i moved to nashville where uh, things really really opened up and and i went more international and um got to play other con- you know that's that's at that's ahead of the story but yeah. um we we did our fair share of touring um all from the state of iowa that's cool. That's something you wouldn't expect. No, and anytime I tell anybody, I don't care if I'm on a cruise ship or playing, you know, I tell people where, where everything started and the, you get the same reaction. It's like, awesome. What? That's what people, well, that's the thing. That's what people need to know. They should hear it. Those are, those, are, those are the great things you hear about. You're like, oh, everybody starts out in here. I was from this valley. I did this thing here, you know. So and I, I got to be honest. I, you know, I've been everywhere and I, one thing I love about the state of Iowa is everyone works so hard and it is, and they're strong people. And um, I don't think I would have gone as far as I have if I didn't have that, that rooted commitment that you have when you're an Iowa boy with a family and, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but all my friends and people I choose to keep in my life are very motivated people and hard workers. And it could be, I, I don't really hang with musicians on my off time. Um, I, we, I see them on the road and they go their way and I go my way. I hang with people like mechanics and people that restore cars. And um, I enjoy uh, boxing. So I have a couple friends at box. I, I'm, I really just kind of keep, out of the element you know and what when i'm here in iowa but i credit a lot of my career to what i've seen with my own eyes in living in the you know the the midwest well it makes sense i mean it also probably keeps you grounded the work ethic mm-hmm. probably keeps you from away from you know when you're younger the, and the road and the temptation and the musicians and there's a lot of you know i could have imagined with my my, my decision making process being out in that time period <laughs> so well, i've had I'm, i've had temptation I've, right so I've but that. you have this family get these roots it's a little different so you always know you know what i mean it's not like yeah yes. I, and so i think that probably helps you out a lot i mean it's you know important part of who you are well and it, and it really didn't seem that much different when i moved in, to nashville it was 
there nothing but hardworking people there in um, the South in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I I came from that in a way, and I moved to to Tennessee and uh, I felt more at home. I, I I can tell you this: I wasn't going to Los Angeles. We recorded there, but I wasn't going to move there. It's just not for me. Um, I love visiting and I love playing there, but no, I I, I needed to to have a little bit more um, kind of conservative uh, stuff I was used to, you know, prayer, um, people saying, God bless you. That makes my heart melt. And and, and I'm not a good, <laughs> I, I sound, I sound like a goody two shoes, but I'm absolutely not. I just, that stuff makes me comfortable because it's what I grew up with. I'm a big fan of manners. So like when you say this and like, I, I actually think it, and it's, got me way further in life by saying please and thank you and having gratitude yes so far i I was just talking in doing this show talking to other musicians that are younger they said you know i just kept my head down i worked hard i was polite i put the time in and it carried me so far so you're not the only person to say that i mean it's it clearly indicates of course you got it wasn't just easy for you you know what i mean but that's such an important thing for people to do you know You can be awesome and be that jerk, and you better be awesome, <laughs> like ridiculously, like from another planet, awesome. Because nobody wants to be, especially nowadays. Just know this isn't the rock star days where this is 1989, no. and you could, you know, be in, everyone gets a different bus, and you only talk on stage. You know, there's a few bands you could do that now, but you know what I'm saying. There are a couple, but no, it's that's you wanted absolutely. somebody you can hang with and talk to, and and who's a good person. A lot of people have yeah. kids now; they take their kids on the road in the van, they bring their wives. It's it's a family function. It's you know what I mean they don't want it is for me and and i you know sometimes i get laughed at a little bit because uh, you know i'll bring my mom or 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 whatever out to the shows and i'm i'm like you know look i'm here for just a minute i'm a blip on this planet a blip mm-hmm. i'm going to take the ones with me that i love the most I'm i love that you take your mom that's so awesome <laughs> oh i take her uh, you know she actually is she's managed me this whole time uh even in devil city she's managed my travel and um so great yeah, and so the, I'm one of those guys. It's like if that makes me a a pussy, for lack of better words, uh, that I'm a su- such a uh, a family guy. Go ahead and put a chalk, you know, a check right there. I, I'll be that guy. I'll take that. I I think it's um, it, I I don't want to live a moment or a minute without any of my family, and so I try to make the most of it. I I don't think that 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 does that. I mean, you know, here, be a man, make your decision. Don't touch your wife. I mean. A man makes his own decision, talks to his, his partner, whether it's a man and a woman or man and man, one woman, regardless of the relationship, you talk to your partner, you work things, you respect each other, you respect your family. That's yes. being a human. Those are the important things. Doing whatever you want is called being a jackass and selfish. Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's really what it comes down to. So yeah, whoop you do. You can call me a name. You're still the jackass and you're gonna die alone. Yeah. So you know, yep. I think it's awesome, man. I, I really do. I think that's Salt of the earth type of stuff. Um, so, so you're in a lot of bands too, and you do solo. Yeah. Um, are they all functioning at the same time, or are they just kind of a mixture here and there? Well, no, they don't. They all really have their own seasons. Um, okay. I, I, I never stop being a solo artist um, ever, and uh, I actually have a record deal with um, Golden Robot Records out of Australia, and. Um, they they bring out all my solo stuff and um you know devil city is a season 
uh, I have a group um, called Cheap Thrill yep. that has a revolving cast of characters, <coughs> and that's a season. And then, um, and and uh, and I mean season, like based on availability, mm-hmm. when and everyone can do it. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a I, I, any given time I go out acoustically a lot. I have a project with uh, Joel Hoekstra from White Snake called the yeah. the Campfire Tour. Uh, he's really good. He's a good player. Oh my god, he's and he's a wonderful person. Um, but yeah, no, I I have several things. I think you kind of have to, right now. You know, you you make yeah. your your income off of getting off your duff and and doing work and going out. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm a I love working in in, in all the projects. It's it's uh, still have to kind of pinch myself sometimes that you know, when things got rough back in the day and I thought I'd never, ever, ever see the light of day in the industry. Mm-hmm. And here I am, you know, just blessed. Um, I'm not, I'm not, up, you know, all the way, but I'm happy to be on any rung, to be honest, of the ladder. I'm happy just to be on the damn ladder. So. Well, um, you're on one of the few rock rock labels too. Actually, now is is Frontiers and Golden Robot are the only ones yeah. that are really honoring rock and roll that would have been, you know, in the heyday. Or just, you know, I'm not comparing genre because I'm also, I also talk like the '70s. You know, bands that actually got to build up, build up a reputation. You know, a couple albums before they had to become platinum. You know? Yeah. So when I say rock, you know, uh, bands, I mean across the genre, not just that. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of rock bands out there that do that. The labels that are supporting rock. Frontiers does a great job. Golden Robots killing it. Yeah, um, I hate to say this, but it's really like all there is right now. Um, no, that's the thing. That's all I've ever heard of, and I keep hearing more about Golden Robot. On t- you know, first it was Frontiers for Change. Now, Golden Robot is also doing the same thing. Yeah, Mark, Mark, the owner of uh, Golden Robot, he's an Australian uh, guy, and uh, actually the same guy that helped Devil City Angels get signed, Derek Shulman. Um, is the one that essentially got me signed mm-hmm. as Brandon. He loved the record. He liked how it sounded and he thought that it had powerful hooks and he knew I was writing the majority of, um, well, I was the, I was writing the lyrics to these songs and several Gibbs brothers songs went on the devil city record. And, and then of course the rest was collaboration with the, the fellas, but he just was a fan of my, you know, my writing and, um, he said, why don't you come out to Los? I was playing in Arizona and he sent a message, goes, get a flight, come out to Los Angeles in the morning or whatever. And we went to the Jeremiah hotel there and, and I met with golden robot and Derek and the rest is kind of history. It took a month or so to get details together, but um, yeah, no, it's, I'm real happy there. Golden robot. They gave me a deal, but I don't have to, I don't have to go in there and go, all right, I'm writing an album. I got 12 weeks to write an album. Right. I really, I do a single release it, do a single release it. Well, he, and like it's he's gonna, a person. Like he's a person and it's not like this headless corporation. He's a human that says, yeah, create, be an artist. It sounds like it's, he, he's a, he's a, he's a massive music fan. And, and I appreciate that approach letting me say, cause I'm not one of those guys. I've said this before in interviews. I'm not one of those guys that sits, sits down for the day and writes three songs, mm-hmm. you know, come home and hold the notebook. Look at my, look at my, I wrote three songs. I have to like bleed. I got to marinate. Um, I got to really think of, 
about it and, and hurt or be happy or sulk in it. Uh, and, and so this was the best. When you do this, is that what you're doing? Are you actually, you sit down and try writing it? Like, you know, do you like, I, I have an idea or do you have, which you have an idea or do you just kind of noodle around and see what you come up with? Oh, it, it, it's, it's never consistent. Um, I could be walking through target and, and have a melody in my head and I'll take my phone out. Thank God technology. You can just take your phone out and spit it right into your voice memo and have it when you get home. Sometimes I'll email it to myself, um, pull it up on my computer. I'll have that, that voice memo playing and then I'll grab my guitar and I'll play with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, um, but anytime anybody says, right you get us a song by tomorrow that's that's real tough i have to really i have to go which emotion am i going to go through which life uh changing event be it fun be it sad be whatever am i going to target and then i got to go in there and find those emotions and really pound on those those strings and see what ticks oh wow and then then it comes out with my pen and um so i'm more of a difficult songwriter in that that way uh, and there are guys that do it really well especially in nashville they can write three songs a day and um i hear that all the time i'm just not that guy when anybody i've ever talked to that's one of the favorite questions i'd love to ask is how what the process is because everyone's got a different way you know um like matlock has a different way he's like he's like if i if, was, if i can't think of it if i can't, don't remember it it's not a good song because you want to remember a song <laughs> because it must have been crap if you don't remember it. I forget from going up the stairs stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I have to write everything down because I forget everything important or not. And he's yeah. like, you know, he's like I, I write all my songs. I'm going for a walk. So unfortunately all that mid tempo beat. Um, someone else says, no, I just, I write songs all the time. I just, and if I like it, I, I bank it and go back to it. And some people are like, no, like you, I just, there's no, I've never heard anybody say that they can write that many songs a day like that though. If, if I'm writing a song, um, it's a boxing match and like this next song that's going to come out with golden robot is called lost boys i wrote in two months i wrote probably five songs to get to this one and that doesn't sound like an astronomical amount of of songs leading up to the one i was happy with but that's how much time i spend figuring out if this is something that is going to work and when i leave the house and am waiting in line to pick my daughter up from school Am I still singing that in my head? Is that yeah. melody still going in my head? And if it's not, it's time for turn the page. But when you leave the house excited and you're buying a coffee and you're sitting there singing it to yourself, you're going, okay, if, if it happens to me, it should happen to somebody else. Well, it's pretty good. You have like revisions and stuff um, to, to kind of lay it down. Man, it would really been hard for you back in the day when you had to come back on tour and be like, all right, boys, two weeks. To write and then a month to record and you get your second album <laughs> we want 11 songs <laughs> and, some, you know, and, that, and we have a few for the airports too that might work if everybody was a lyricist that might work uh when most of the roles i've played it's it's me who writes the words and um and and those become personal and you know when i leave this earth i i want people I want people to, to sing those songs back. And so uh, I'm very, um, I'm very aware 
that this is a this is the long this is bigger than me it's going to last longer than me so i really want to get it where it needs to be i think i can get that i respect that well i think a lot of bands though um i've yet to see many bands that can all be writers from the very beginning from the first album they all co-write mm. and it always works out all the way through like usually it's a main songwriter and you know second album everyone wants to write because you know money and then it doesn't sound the same anymore <laughs> because no, it, it, they could all be good songwriters but it's not the sound that everybody fell in love with about the album deal you know what i mean sure sure so you know it it it, it changes on a, on a different level you know on, on who who you are when you if you you know if you have a deal or what you're signed and, and i also think that um it's got to be challenging to not sing your own lyrics you know what I mean? In the bands, there's, you know, there's a few bands that the singers write some songs, but you know, but just sing other people's lyrics a lot. You really gotta like their lyrics because you're the one singing, that, that, and, and you are so attached yeah. to those lyrics. You know, Nikki Six that did an amazing job of that because um, Vince, Vince, they had a, a thing. He was writing for Vince and Vince's mm-hmm. voice, and um, it is hard. Like I have a whole notebook of lyrics from people and. I have a hard time, you know, people send me songs. Hey, can you put some music to this? And I read their lyrics and I'm not sure of their cadence. I'm not sure of their, their syllable placings. Yep. Um, I don't know if I could, I mean, well, I, when I did the stuff with Poison, or excuse me, the members of Poison, I, I sang for them. And the special guest? With a special guest, yeah, in 2015. Which that, is what got Poison good. touring again, by the way. <laughs> hey, some say that. Oh, I'm saying it right now. I think somebody's like, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, maybe yeah, you know, they, so, so much. I want my voice I, back. I, I don't know if that's the case, but I'll take it, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, as a fan of music, I saw that, I was like, oh, <laughs> I see this one coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it got them going again, or, or or maybe they just, who knows, maybe it did or didn't. No. Nonetheless, um, if you think it did, then I'll take yeah. it, but... Uh, no, it, but that singing that stuff was very, very easy um, because they were established songs, and I had a reference point. Um, uh, uh, everybody knows those right. songs. You, you know, you you know of them, and well, I know them. I yeah. So, yeah, so like that was songs. easy. Was it weird? I'm sorry, I'm step over you. It was kind of like doing cover songs, but you're with the band, so it's not really a cover song anymore. <laughs> pretty much so pretty it's just much. you singing with the band so it's, yeah it was like live band karaoke for me which is pretty awesome you know, only there's like ten thousand people in front of you you know <laughs> and, you get, and you have the three seasoned players that know what they're doing <laughs> oh awesome. you know it, it, we th- those guys could play that stuff behind their head in in their sleep uh, uh you know and and so having um having those guys that are seasoned and these hits have been played so many times and so many times it was, it was really easy for me. It wasn't like they were trying to figure it out. It was, it's already been figured out. It was my job just to uh, more or less make them happy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, actually writing like with Nikki six. Yeah. So when he writes for Vince, right. And, and Nikki is actually a story writer too. So it's not surprising that he can gravitate to it. It's almost mm-hmm. like, like artists that do that can actually write in somebody else's mind. Like when you write a story, or a, a screenplay, you can put yourself in that character. And some yeah. people just can't. That's just a skill set. That's like at, being an actor. You're a musician, you're an actor. 
but to do a couple different things, it's like an extra skill set to add to your singing songwriting because, you know, yeah, Nikki's thinking of that. He's, you know, of course, then he's thinking of what's the range of this, you know, how many, you know, everything like that. So that's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Iron Maiden, Steve Harris, and just our bunch of bands that do that and they have to stick to that, um, you know, theme. You know, it's a good point. If you can write, if you can write good books, I suppose there's, uh, I mean, Dr. Feelgood. I mean, when, when, when that song comes on, um, on the record, you kind of start painting a picture in your head. Absolutely. You know, Jigsaw Jimmy's running the gang or, or the 60, whatever primer gray. I mean, I'm going, wow, this is, it's a story. It's a a hood rat. Right. But and if you listen to this in a, the uh, expanded version, or one of the things that was on iTunes, I came across by accident, was going through, totally different lyrics, which totally messes you up because you're still used to hearing it one way. <laughs> but it has all different lyrics in the song, whole different way. So clearly, there's another version I didn't know that. Yeah, like the like one of the versions they changed the lyrics. It was different, he, you know. He, so he's always revisioning. So imagine writing a, lyrics to an entire song and then they're like, "Nah, I don't like them. I'm going to change it around a little bit." Yeah, I remember the courses, but like, the, oh. a lot of lyrics were different. I mean, it's crazy. So that is such a yeah. storytelling musical talent on top of just songwriting. You know what I mean? Even as even as heavy as that song is, the intro, I mean, it's heavy and it, it gets you. It gets you doing this with your head, right? Even as heavy as it is, Nikki is one of those talents that he can still paint you something and and you're ready to buy it. Because and there's a melody. It's there's a melody there too, right? He always has a melody. He's, you know, it's a melody. He has a, I think it was because of Strawberry. Yeah. It was his influence. Like he always had that pop melody in the back of his head with the heavy thing, and it's done him well. Well, I will say this: it has worked out for the for the man. <laughs> right, everything he does sounds you know has he's a, doing sound. He's doing well, um, and he's actually he's a hard worker. And, oh, sorry, he's living far away too for rock and roll land. He's out in the hills now. Everyone's moving away, living out in the. Hills. I saw that. What what is that? Wyoming. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of like I think I'm more in the city than he. Is. Yeah. Well, now, but look at we're we're talking now here. I mean, it's it's and it's become such a thing with everybody. It's so acceptable. It's not like you know, hey, future man. It's pretty much what it is. And a lot of bands have got it locked down where they can rehearse. Some bands can't. They're like, I'm old school. I just I gotta be in the room. I gotta sweat. I got I gotta knock over your beer onto your amp and get you mad at me. I got I got to do something right. And some people are like, no, actually, I like my space. Nobody messes with my stuff. I, you, you're kind of a slob. You can say it's your house. We all connect. Put my headphones on. We're done. I go upstairs and watch TV or take my dog out for a walk. Yeah. So there's, there's two different ways of handling that, you know? That's how Devil, um, Devil City Angels wrote our last single. We actually released this year called Testify. Um, everybody was at home. Really? Cause, yeah, because I've listened to that. I've listened, I always, before I sit with an artist, I listen to, try to, listen to like a bunch of their music collectively at once. And um, as a review, I, you know, and I heard your album a while back, but then I listened to it again today in comparison to the new one. And there really isn't a big difference. Like, so it didn't jump out to me like, oh, that sounds like computerized, like from the distance or sterile. It's, you know, there really is, it's not a beat missed, you know, it, it's still a human feel. Not, not really. And I, I credit Joel Kosha uh, to that, the, the guitar player that um, ha- has been doing work, I guess, with us. Um, you know, he, he actually was on tour with me uh with a band called planet axe mm-hmm. and which had out ryan roxy and all these guys and um he flew to my house and sat with me and while we did this and um so 
I had a little bit of hands-on with him. I, I could speak to him about direction and, um, but, uh, no, it was, uh, it was done remotely. Now I'm going to say with home recording, there's a couple of people say, well, anybody has a new studio in your house and it, it all sounds great. No mistakes. I hear that a lot. And I gotta be honest with you, just cause you have a home studio doesn't mean it sounds great. You can yeah. totally, you, and not that it's going to sound like three, you know, you're running a house banging a couple of pans and stuff, but it can be sound over, overproduced, too tight, not snappy enough. There's a, there's a whole layer of production that you need somebody, like you said, yeah, producer, you need somebody with experience in the ear to do it. I mean, you can do it anywhere, but you still need that skill set, you know? I, I think for me, um, uh, for, for my solo stuff, I have to go to a producer. I have to have... I think if I sat at my house and did it, um, one, I'd probably overanalyze it. Like you said, it'd be too tight. Uh, mm -hmm. It wouldn't have such a, you want a little bit of a live feel to right. it. Right. And then mainly just having a, having a second pair of ears um, that is so much more seasoned. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I can write, but I, I can tell you this, I don't know how to roll off a certain sound that's annoying Right. I, I can do it with guitar, but the overall mix of a song, 60 channels, 60 inputs or, or whatever, I couldn't pinpoint that like a producer could. And and the, I, I think you're only as good as, as your producer. Well, so I just choose not to record at home. I mean, I'll, I'll create and write here, but I've, um, it, it, you know, I, I want to be. I want it to be next level. And sometimes that requires me trusting somebody that knows more than me. I think the majority of people, <laughs> but if the majority of people need that. I think there are some musicians that can produce themselves and no, no one could do it better than them. Truly. Some people just know it, sure. but they're also good at self editing. Can mm -hmm. look at this, force the trees. You know, a lot of people, you know, included anything I do, you always, I mean, you, you think about this, like, what, where am I not seeing this? Cause I'm so into it. I'm so into it. And some people can step out of themselves and look at it, which is, you know, a rare thing. Yeah. But say, you know, I'm writing a song, you're writing a song, you're like, oh, this is perfect. And then like, you know, you go to bed, you're like, God, you know, I think I need to change this. Let's see you change it and the whole song is just off. You know what I mean? Or, or be like, yeah, I think you need this here or this here or you know, pull back here a little bit or just try this one little note here. If, if you, know, you get someone that understands the whole picture, um, I want to go where you're going, mm -hmm. but I want to do it better. Um, Right, and I got the I got the experience and the records on the walls to take you to the next level. If you can give them that kind of trust, uh, my producer's name's Luke to James, and he's out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I I completely trust him, uh, hands down. I, and and that's hard to do with your body of work. You come in with a body of work, you're pretty proud. Um, I come in with a body of work, and then we go into a different direction. And now, it's always been that way. Devil's advocate here. So you like him, you're open. It's great. Have you worked with a producer, say maybe you haven't trusted newer just to do a project, right? You've worked with them before, right? Mm-hmm. No, I did. That, but they could be good, but but to this question, did you feel like you're holding back though? Like, so like when you have something you trust, you feel like you might push more, do something a little different. Like with this producer, yes. you're like, I'm not gonna, like it's not 100%, you know, you're 98%, you're not 110%, you're not, you know. One hundred and ten percent, and then um, it wasn't because I didn't have like a warm feeling. I mean, I oh, felt no. so so at home. Uh, like Michael Wagner, he produced 
Um, everything. My, <laughs> yeah, everything. everything. <laughs> I felt so, I mean, he was so gracious and sweet. And however, um, in, you know, intimidation. I, I, right. I didn't want to waste his time. Right. And not that I ever want to waste anyone's time, but sometimes a timeout and jamming together uh, like my producer and I will he'll grab a guitar and and okay show me what you're thinking we'll jam together I knew that Michael uh you know he's on a different level as as far as I mean he's just done so many great things and not that my producer hasn't he totally has but he has a little bit of old school mentality and so if I come in and I say I'm not sure about this part i you I you run the risk of are you not prepared right you no, know I, and I, I think it's good I think, I think you know like even our teachers you know you never go to the same class with the same art teachers you know as an example or whatever professors in college or you know or school whatever you have two different ways sometimes they intimidate you sometimes they expect a certain thing and they drive, they drive the best out of you because of that mm-hmm. sometimes the other ones are the ones that kind of pop up on your chair from there they got a quarter of a coat <laughs> kind of lean into you and they pull out of you differently no one's better than the other ones and they both pull something out of you it's just different you yeah. I mean? So it's not like you know, Mike Wagner's Mike Wagner because he's a badass. You know, your producer's oh, he's really a, he's a bad he does boy. with you. So, so there's so there's really it's not a bad thing either way. You know, it's it's not like you're, you know I'm saying you're not you know saying anything bad about anybody. It's just like literally it's totally different. And when you have this kind of relationship for you, it allows you to go deeper because you have a you know a different kind of like a, almost like a, a community friendship goal on the album where sometimes the other producers just getting the best performance the yeah. you have going in. Yeah, precisely. And, and again, it's, it's uh, two different schools, two different. Right. Yeah, totally. And uh, I, I just feel comfortable. And I think that's, in, if you're going to record music, one, you got to have the right guys around you mm-hmm. and you got to be able to, ch- you, you got to be able to chase down a good idea or, or an idea. Um, you you can't just shut it down and i i haven't had any of that ever with my i mean he'll even if he might not like it at first mm-hmm. he'll let me see he'll let me see it through right and then maybe the next day we go not working for me well i think but it's important to have somebody that says you know what that's a stinker <laughs> i think it's you, so important life. i mean you did everything but in, in context here you know if you don't We've seen what happens to those albums, <laughs> those careers. You're like, wasn't anybody listening to this? Come on. And, and no that, guitar and solos some, on this album? Come on. <laughs> and someone will say, well, you, you didn't, you know, you had it your way. I, I, I don't want to be with a guy that just presses record and goes, excellent. Right. I want to be with a guy that says, that's not a great take. Yeah. Don't that's print that. Yeah, technically, it's good, but I don't think that's you. And it doesn't feel like that's what the song is going. Correct. The song is, is a, you know, is its own craft. Um, mm-hmm. yes that's, that's interesting I like that I like to hear that kind of stuff um, so balancing the home life and work life and the band life what are you doing now to kind of find a balance because like so so you want to keep busy you want to play out you have other schedules other guys you're doing solo so with solo you can kind of really kind of maneuver it around you know uh, Devil City guys or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if those guys aren't touring like and then you have your other band so like to find the balance it's got to be like we stand with a calendar like five months out and be like, all right, let's kind of do this and this and like make a bunch of phone calls and try, you know what I mean? The coordinated, I always wonder how people can do that with all the different bands nowadays. That's, 
pretty much it. It, um, it, I'm sure from an audience point of view, it seems like there's someone magical Magical. or or you could do eight bands at once (laughs) and I can't even go to work without being late. Yeah. Or, Or there's someone putting it together for you. I mean, I have a great team, but the fact of the matter is when I'm ready to go chase down an idea, like planet X, all guitar driven thing. It really starts with a text to whom I'm targeting. And um, are you free from this time to this time? And do you want to do it? Um, No, nobody has ever come up to me and said, here, you know, here you go. Everybody's set. It usually is all of us, including the special guest. It was all of us feeling each other out and uh, texting, having phone con- late night phone conversations, feeling out temperaments, and um, it, it's it's pretty. It's like a pretty second hand-on. job, but it's like a second job. Like I just just like me, so yes. you're now setting up interviews, which is a, a dot. It's it's a lot. Just coordinating between two people, mm-hmm. especially a person in the music industry. You know, and you're right. It's easier for me. I know what I'm doing, but just coordinating with somebody else and different schedules, and and then. Something I never thought about until I started doing this is everyone lives everywhere. It's not yeah. like in the mecca of one town where you're like, all right, bud, it's eight o'clock, eight o'clock. Everyone's a different time zone. Yeah. Nobody, nobody lives in the same spot anymore. Like every band has, like, yeah, we're on, I've done a band, you know, every part of the earth they're at. We are not a local, uh, none of, none of the, the things we do are locally produced. Right. But it's, once it, again, it's a time zone thing for you. So, like, where you're at, mm-hmm. you want to talk to LA or, or naturally, like, you know, talking to us, there's a difference. So yeah. then you got to coordinate three of the people with different time zones that work for them. It, it you definitely have to be uh, aware of that, and and the fact that we're all a little bit older now, and we have children, and yeah. and you got you got bedtime. He's <laughs> got rock and roll when you're growing up, right? You're like, I can't wait to be out there and sit down and text with three other guys in five other zones, and yeah. between having kids, that's just, I am so we're gonna rock hard on that one. <laughs> and 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 most of us are reading bedtime stories, going, "Hey, I'll get back to you." You know, or which is the best, and 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 I think that's the importance. One of the goals of the show is that I want people to know. You know, not only are they playing out, you're enjoying the shows. They're just like you going home. They need to make their wages. They need to work. They're taking care of their kids, and they get to same stuff we do. They're not going out and putting a smile on their face and doing a show. Yeah. Next town. So when things happen and they can't make it, sometimes you know a lot of like foreign bands can't come into America because we've. I didn't know we had a tax of like. But, they have to pay like some kind of thing just to get it looked into for like five grand to come into the country before they can do anything else. And they get turned down on that paperwork and lose all that money. And then all of a sudden it looks like the band is blowing off gigs in America. It looks bad for the band. Sure. Like that's insane. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that, you know, or, 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 or somebody being like, you know, your, your show. I think people should buy shirts all the time. I totally <laughs> I have too many to ask me. But the point is, you know, when they're like, oh man, it's whatever, man, you know, $20, $40 for sure. You know, and they're complaining. It's like, there's a bus outside and it takes like, you know, I don't know, $1,500 in gas. You know what it costs to get travel a band around? Um, I'm like, you need to buy two shirts and shut up. You, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you guys are the ones that keep us alive. And, and everything you just said is, is 110% reality. But most people I look mean, at it that way. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, they think no, you're, we, you're living it. <laughs> we got, you know, if we do, if we do a bus, man, we look really sharp and and we are comfortable um and there's nothing be. like there's nothing like being uh, you know asleep and and waking up at the next place but not being sick because you're taking care of your body it's like an athlete and performing isn't there's yes. nothing wrong with having a nice bus or a nice ride 
when you're getting excessive is when you're throwing pianos out the window into pools and this. that's when you're like all right guys maybe that's just a little too much but having well, a good schedule and a, a nice tour and a, a hotel room and it's you know a, a, sometimes like a launch pad or something and healthy foods sleep healthy food sometimes people on yeah. road with you help you do that whatever yeah yeah you that's, want to be I mean, your best. That, that's really how you can stay out there in and and people and, and myself in the past I'll burn it down, uh, you know, stay up and, and right. I'm so overjoyed. And, and the next day you, you, you're not, you're not yourself. And um, you'll learn real quick. If you're going to be a pro um, you have to curve your habits yeah. and, and uh, treat it like a job. If you don't treat it like a job, you know, it won't last that long for you. Um, I box, I diet. Um, I'm always drinking water. If I drink alcohol, uh, on the road, I, I'm ready to, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't go past a certain hour for me anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, you just, it, you have to take care of yourself and the crew and everybody is 110% uh, your backbone and you don't want to break that backbone. No, and, and you got to appreciate them. Yeah. And I'm just going to think of the crew once again, underrated and they're even lower on the food chain for finances they don't have any merch to sell it's even harder for them and and that's kind of the thing with you know with Kobe people you know go on go on the band websites a lot of bands are raising money there's a lot of things out there you know I want people to go on every you know support your bands you know if you can if you can afford it right now I mean obviously some do a lot of work and that's ridiculous you wouldn't want to invest if you don't have the money don't you don't do that but if you have a little extra and you really love your band they're also in a spot you know no one's don't sit around and throwing caviar plates at each other and something ridiculous like it used to be you know, yeah. people are just working and, oh, and artists aren't complaining about it either. And that's my whole point is it's, it's nice, but someone's got to save, I think out loud that, you know, we're, we're no different than, than, yeah. than anybody. I mean, it's just that simple. And uh, the prestige of a show coming together is, uh, and, and the fancy lights and the gear and all that. I mean, that I, I understand how someone could be like, wow, they have, everything that they've ever wanted and a nice coach outside that's warm and ready to take them to the next show. Um, but the fact of the matter is all that stuff costs money. Just, just like, just like bills that you pay right. every month. And, uh, and, and so it, it just, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but at the end of the day, we're just no different. No, and I agree with you. And that's kind of, like I said, that's one of the crazy goals of this is like, people deal with it and you know, they got artists and they get done, they smile, they get done. They have depression or they have, you know, diabetes or they have issues and they're just rocking man. And, 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 and I think when it gets done, you look at it and be like, respect it even more because just like everyone else, I'd say at the end of my day, I'm not going on tour. I'm not going to be rocking things at, the, <laughs> at night. It's a special night when I go out, you know what I mean? Right. So, so to do that at that level, especially as you're getting older, I mean, it's very respectful even more so to me. I mean, I think, or have like why don't why the backing tracks? You know what it costs to have two extra singers on the road, two extra this, two extra that. That's why. I mean, if you can do, if you can just kind of create your own version, I think it's better. Like to kind of because you don't have to do the exact song, but there's always reasons for some of these things. You know, beyond yeah. that, I mean, yeah. Like we have a um, in Devil City, we'd have one tech take care of all the stringed instruments, mm-hmm. and we'd have one tech take care of the drums. Um, it wasn't a tech for each person, uh, you know, it, uh, and, I, and there are bands that have that and, and deserve it. Um, but the time I'm living in now, it, you really have to be smart and, and think about it. Um, can we do that? Mm-hmm. Cause when I go home, 
when I go home, I, I'll be straight. I want to have money when I go why, home. Why would, you, why, why would you just not make money? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I want it. And so if, if I'm out there, I, I'm sure I could get certain amenities, but then why am I doing it? You know, why did I leave my family and, and come back with very little, but I look good doing it? Um, I'm here to pay. I'm here to, to keep yeah. this house. I'm here to there's keep no the, reason, Yeah, you have a silver mortgage. And I think when people go, well, you, who cares about that? I mean, you, you still got, you live in a rock and roll life. You do what you want. Well, guess what? You went to college and you're, you know, whatever your job is, you do what you like. You still like to get paid. You want to pay your mortgage, even though you're doing do what you, know you like. So it's good to do what you like and it's good to have money. And it's yep. good because as a musician, you don't have health insurance or this and that. So you can eat extra money to put away. It's like being a freelancer for the rest of your life. You, <laughs> you got to put it away and then you get taxed ridiculously on top of that. So now you're doing math. You're a musician and you're doing math. That totally yeah. sucks. You, you got to look at it like we're, like we're farmers. You know, When it rains, things yeah. grow. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you have things to sell. And sometimes success is that way for us. Sometimes it'll rain in a good way on us and we grow as artists and we have a, a season where we go out and 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 make bank uh however you gotta know that that's seasonal right. and there's gonna be a newer artist that's coming out it's gonna steal your thunder it will come back around you can't get depressed about it it it'll come back around at some point when when you reinvent but you have to save your 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 damn money mm -hmm. um because I mean, I only, I only do music and I, I have for a long time and I'm fortunate enough to have guidance on, on spending, uh, knowing that it's not going to last forever. Okay. And, and, uh, if you realize that, yeah, you're, you're going to be in, in good shape. You'll be better than most. Which is horrible to hear some of these rock and roll tragedies. And I think the eighties and nineties really kind of set up a lot of people because you really thought you're getting this and also you get billed for this and you're advances on this and you know the whole you know everyone knows the story at this point things have changed now yeah and it's, and it's, as artists are, are going out there a little more reality people are getting it a little differently mm -hmm. you know COVID is going to change things again i think things i think the things are kind of picking up a little bit better for people because an artists are like you know what i don't need the label to sell my shirts i can make my own shirts and i can collect mm -hmm. more of a percentage off the selling i can sell less shirts and make more money yeah by not getting somebody else involved in it you know what i mean sure. um or any kind of that stuff. Now you get more independence from the from the labels and stuff. You know, yeah. Who, who your distributor is. I mean, I mean, you have a Golden Robot. And for the record, I would call him all the time just to hear his Australian accent. I'd ask him the craziest questions <laughs> just to hear that <laughs> awesome accent. <laughs> well, I'm supposed, I, I, have I think it's the best there. accent ever. I have a tour there next uh, uh, spring of next year, and uh, I'd never I've never played in Australia, so. Uh, my my daughter and I every night we get on YouTube and uh, and watch like uh, Australian fishing and uh, wildlife and all that stuff and the everything will kill you right everything uh, in Australia will kill you <laughs> everything is a hundred times you yeah. know bigger uh, a mud crab is like this big and <laughs> every so, uh, is poisonous and on top of that it has sharp teeth once it kills you it'll just eat you yeah you just need to carry a freaking handgun when you're there I think. <laughs> Uh, not not for the people, but for the oh, wildlife. That's pretty funny. Suck your blood. <laughs> that's that's gonna be an awesome show. I mean, just a tour, just being there's gonna be so much fun. You know, it's supposed to be three weeks that we'll spend there, 
um, I'm looking very much looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to actually sightseeing uh, anytime we play Europe or um, different countries or you don't get to see much because you're on the go. They, they want to make the agents want to make the most of it while you're there. So you're really looking at life outside of, a, of a, either a van window or a bus window and um, you don't really get to marinate and spend time. Sometimes I'm throwing those extra pickup shows right between gigs to pay for gas, you know. Oh, yeah, you got to <laughs> between. On, on the way there, we have a place you can go way out of your way, almost around. Yeah. Do an extra show that you weren't prepared for is, you know, you know type of deal. Do you try bringing your family out sometimes too? I mean. All the time. I would feel like as a I, father, I'm on tour doing guitar, playing, but guys, we're going over to Australia <laughs> on top of it. No one's, none of the fan bam is going to that one. Um, I, uh, you know, because I, like, I'll, I'll do it when it's comfortable. If, uh if my people are taken care of, if it, if it's a little posh, mm-hmm. I, then I'll take them out. But if it's, if it's me per usual going into a situation where I'm going to be on my feet all day, mm-hmm. whether it be interviews or, um, you know, stand in a green room that has no, no extra room, uh, then I'm just, Nah, I say like an example. Some place like it'd be like a fun vacation place with a family. Like, yeah, I kind of for that time, I want to share with them. Hey, Sierra, can you refill my my glass, please? Sorry, my wife just walked over here. Um, but yeah, no, they they come out with me quite a bit. And actually, there's a funny, there's a video. Uh, I think it's on my Instagram. I think I was with Alice Cooper, and um, opening for Alice, and my daughters in the grandstands. They gave her. Um, my wife and her like their own suite nice. you know and and it, it's the nosebleeds but there, there's the spotlight I mean they they could see the whole show and not be pushed around and uh, my daughter you know is like waving to me from the grandstands and and jumping up and down and um, so yes you know as as arrogant as it sounds I will take them out if it's if it's posh and it's warm um, and the, and the fans like meeting them. They they love the the videos and stuff that I that I post on Instagram with my family. Yeah. So yeah, I do take them. Up. That's pretty awesome. What what are, what are you using for instruments right now? What are your favorites? Are you um, or spinner, especially you're kind of like you known for like what kind of? I was with Paul Reed Smith for a little bit, and uh, I still have all their uh, their guitars, and I just absolutely love their instruments. Um, lo- you know, as a lead singer that plays guitar they're light Mm -hmm. they they feel good on my back i notice like my posture is better Mm -hmm. um but who can deny the 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 glory of a good old fat les paul on your back Uh, it feels like you got a like a a machine gun um so paul reed smith for me i gotta give a shout out to them uh, because it's just it's superior it's superior guitars in my opinion um gibson i have um a collection of Gibsons, you know, the, I love Gibson acoustics. Do you, do you have the, do you have one of the uh, classic, uh, the SG that everyone loves that someday? I, I just, get... I do have an SG. I actually just got it, uh, the beginning of the year and, uh, fell in love with it. Um, I think it's going to be in my, my, my photo shoot for this, this upcoming song, but yeah, I got the SG, the explorers, uh, Again, uh, the Gibson, I think Gibson makes the best acoustics mm-hmm. uh, and, and nine, 90% of the time, that's where I start my, my songwriting. 
uh, Fender. Oh my God, they 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 just have a time and place. And once you put a Fender on, there's there's a certain sound that comes out of your amp, and your hand you play it differently. And uh, I was big Stevie Ray Ray Vaughan fan growing up, and so I'm I'm pretty I know what I like. I don't really dabble too much in off brands. Well, I have nothing. a lot of. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of weird ones. I get, I'll pick up. I love crazy sounds. But each one is also like, like you said, you know, each one's a different sound, a different, a different color for you. There's no, there's a, you have things you enjoy more or a place better because sometimes they, somebody has a fat baseball neck or it has a better neck because everyone's, everyone's built differently. Mm-hmm. You know, physically, I love that guitar, but I mean, I got a fly. When I first started playing, I, I got like a flying V, which is ridiculous. I'm like, I can't sit with this thing. It's awesome, but I can't sit with this. If I'm ever going to play anywhere, it's going to have to be on my bed. <laughs> Get so to put it on a stage, sitting down, playing it for everybody. No, I, I can't play with a flying V. Now, Honestly, that's one of the reasons I I used to ask Tracy if I could play one of his flying Vs one time. And and he would always say, it's a different animal. Yeah. Uh, and and I've never purchased one for that fact because I like grabbing it. And all right, let me get a... But if it's slanted and it's going off your lap... I, 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 I tell you, after doing that, after having it for a while, actually, I, had, I, traded, I didn't trade it for an acoustic guitar. I was like, it's killing me. And, uh, but now, now, but after that, I was like, I know I see somebody like Tracy or anybody else who has a, a you know, a flying V or the boys, the scorpions or any, anybody really. It's just like another oh, level. They look, of, they look like, so awesome. Yeah, but but or then they, they look like a half sit down acoustic thing or a strumming thing, and they're half sitting down with it. I'm like, how are you doing that? What are you a wizard? Yeah, yeah it, it's you got you, you got to do an Albert King, and you kind of have to stick the the middle of it right on top of your thigh. Then and you're then playing you're a different instrument. That's a mandolin or a, or one of those. That's different. Can you play like that? You've been learning to play like this. Then also you can do this. It, it's not comfortable. I'll tell you that. Right. It's you know, insane. It's... Albert made it work, but I love hollow bodies too. Um, yeah. I have a custom um, guitar. It's called a Commander. It's a Shoemaker guitar out of the Quad City or um, Moline, Illinois, which is not that far from me. Guy built it for me. It, it's a Tele. It's hollowed out. It's got two humbuckers in it, oh, and wow. it screams. Um, I was with Sublime for a little bit. They were a company out of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have an Epiphone three thirty five dot three thirty five that has stood the test of time. I got it when I was in the first band, and um, I'm kind of a gear junkie. I just love gear, and I think each guitar, each amp each cable really uh you're kind of identifying your your sound i think with guitars it's like i love going to pawn shops and finding guitar you know i always talk about like behind me as as an aria pro 2 from like 1983 i can't killer i can't even figure out like the exact as a wildcat or whatever i can't i can't even find it in the catalog i bought it off of somebody for 40 bucks nice for a strati type guitar it's awesome you know, but I'll play anything. I'll play I love Ibanez. I'll play like, you know, I think Epiphone has some really great guitars. I think it just depends on the sound. Some with, Epiphone and, with Epiphone, you have to pick out, uh, well, in almost any new guitar these days. Yes. Um, the older guitars, a lot of times, if, if you just change your strings, tweak the neck, you got a great instrument. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that isn't put together so great. New. And... Uh, and you'd be surprised at the brand at the top of the headstock. No, the, the, the factories are really weird the way they do that. They're like almost the same company and they're the same everything. And you get so disappointed, like a brand new guitar, you know, let's say you pay two grand for it. You probably put $250 into getting it right. Yep. Which is weird. 
Um, it really, I mean, I understand a string setup and height and stuff like that, but when you're paying to get, like I, when I got signed with Devil City, I went out and um, I think I used in it our advance to buy a new Gibson, brand new. And I could not play it. it the the, the uh, nut was cut like an, an Explorer mm -hmm. and it's a Les Paul. So the head goes like this. The grooves in it were slanted. So, so the, it had no chance of ever staying in tune. And um, I was really, really bummed about that. The jack was instantly bad yeah. for, the, for the cable. Um, it was just a, it was a Frank, and it was the prettiest guitar I've ever, ever owned. Did you prettiest. tweak it or, or, or return it? I tweaked it. Um, I, I took it back to, to Guitar Center. I bought it at Guitar Center. Well, I bought it in Guitar Center in Los Angeles, but I took it to a local Guitar Center. They honored it. They fixed it up, and it was within two weeks, everything was right back to normal, right back to can't play it. It's wow. never go. I did the Vegas music awards in 2014. And, um, I remember like I, I, my guitar tech said, how many guitars do you want? And I said, well, we're doing two songs. So one, and then a backup, Right. but I want my new Gibson. I just bought, and he spent all day on it, all day on it. And he goes, I think it's going to, I go, nope, I think it's not going to work. Okay. <laughs> we got Nick Cage in the, in the front row because his son was oh, on, yeah. the, his yeah, son yeah. was on the bill. Yep. And I, I just thought, I think in front of, I didn't give a damn about anybody else. I was, I'm such a Nick Cage fan yeah. and uh, I didn't give a damn about anybody else except pleasing that guy. <laughs> and so I'm like, we're not the new one. It isn't working. Bring out the 2011. In, in fairness, though, he is a, he's yeah. a big he's a big music fan. Yes. So, so that is a good gauge to, to to you know. I mean, if you can go aim there, it probably hit everybody else too. I you know I'm gonna say I think on and and note on this. I think with some of the guitars, I've heard that the Squires, like some of the Squire bolts, are just fantastic. Some of the guitars, you know, oh, if it's a Squire, it's a lesser version. The Squires actually sound better than then. Than what they're being copied from i mean it's pretty crazy you know i i think if you get a squire and you set it up and you have the strings come down to a, a, a place that you're comfortable with it's a great guitar to start out on you know a lot of people say like oh my old squire sounds better than my new <laughs> you know because the way they I've, heard so I've heard stories exactly like that and i identify with all of them because i've had epiphone acoustics that will outring any gibson acoustic i've had yep. and um i've had frankenstein guitars that are pieced together from parts and things like that and those are always interesting to me because i'm a big car guy i love parts coming from different areas and that sound better than the american strat the top strat that i got in my arsenal you have to play it well i think that's the best advice i don't think you know when i started out i would kind of go oh this is a popular this is what you need to get when you start out someone says you know what sit down why does it sound like you? Don't look at the label. Don't yeah. look at it. was Jordash at one point, and then it's Levi's, and it's this, and it's that. It's just, sure. a pair of, it's just a pair of jeans. If I tear the label off, just a pair of jeans. How does it fit? How does it How sound does it to you? Fit. Well you said. Know? Very well said. I think, unfortunately, that, you know, like everything else, you know, the name brand, and you, you know, you're playing a Squire. What do you, is it your first guitar? Actually, no, some of the Squires sound better than, you know. So it's crazy. And, and you kind of have to do away with the, um, the, 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 
okay, he doesn't have any money because he's playing this brand. That is so stupid. Um, if, if you really like something mm-hmm. and it is cheaper uh, money-wise, don't not buy it because it's cheaper. I don't think you I know. could ever buy a brand new like 2000 guitar and feel good about it. Like I love to go to pawn shops and have like the whole process and taking it down and playing with it. And, you know, it's, it's, who, who made this? Who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's got the weirdest. What, is this wood? What is this made out of? It's like the crazy, you know, is it made out of driftwood from some like creepy movie or like, you don't know, but it sounds great. Or sounds you're like, great. kind of, or it looks kind of cool. Let me see if I can take it apart and add some things and change the sound. You know, it's, it's kind of fun. It's, you know, I feel the same way about records. You know, I love buying used records because they're thicker, they're older. It's history on the, you open sure. them up, they're not repressed. You know, they're most, usually most of them are like, you know, it's thicker and stronger because, you know, it's a life to it. I think that's kind of the way, you know, to do things. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you like it, buy it and play it and, and, and don't, don't get on the brand name. Uh, I, I like the brand names uh, because I like the guitars. I don't like them because of the brand. Well, well when they can deliver the sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Them, no, they're not all the same. You put a 10 on the shelf. They're not, 10 of them are not all sound the same, no matter who it nope. is. Nope. You got to play them and, uh, and feel them out. And I, I have grown accustomed to, um, liking the older ones not because they are quote older but because there's oil in the fret things are worn a little bit better um it's it's not stiff it's not so stiff and that that's uh something that old guitars bring is uh, hey i've been played go ahead kick the hell out of me right yeah new ones new ones take a minute um you got to get that first scratch or something. I don't know, just to go. All right, it's a guitar. I'm gonna beat the hell out of it. Get the sound I want out of it, and move on with life. <laughs> yeah, I guess when I got my other guitar, my new one, it was like I scratched it. I was like, oh. I just my first guy, I just got chipped it to the very tiny part of it at the, the you know at the head. And I'm like, oh, I know it's there. No one else sees it. No one else sees it. But then it's I feel a little bad about again. it. No, but about this, you know, I got this one. You know, it's banged up, beat up. I love it. Sure. Um. So so really, the last note I want to say, I appreciate you taking time tonight. Um. What, what, what is what are you doing right now for your future like what are you, you mean, streaming any albums you're doing some recording i know we kind of touch you on it what can people do to see you and then we'll put all the links of all your stuff underneath here so people can pursue all your stuff well surprisingly this year uh, i've i've been pretty active um i i played about 10 shows which is more than some um <laughs> this year that's like nine more than most bands <laughs> like i i and i feel blessed i it's just a a series of circumstances where things opened up and we were able to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have that, uh, that, that makes me feel like I didn't take a whole entire year off. There's a lot of people who just haven't played nothing. Yeah. Um, and I'm expecting really good albums from all those guys too. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Everyone's There's got a year to do it. I, I tell you, that's, that's the big thing. Everyone's like, I, you know, I couldn't have better, but I was rushed. I had to go back on tour. I got I got you know, that's where my money's made. You've been at home for a year. <laughs> yeah, you gotta okay. Yeah, exactly. So, Devil City Angels came out with a new song called "Testify." It's that. Is there an album coming with that too, or is that just a single? It's just a single. It's it's kind of all we can muster, um, given the circumstances right now. And uh, of course, Golden Robot and I have a new single coming out called uh, "Lost Boys." Mm-hmm. So, I was in Nashville for quite some time, um, getting that song done. There's a photo shoot coming up, and. Um, Releasing that is going to be my absolute honor because it's all about 2020. It's all about not just 
the musicians losing the stages, but the the fans losing the euphoric feeling of going to a concert. And uh, there's a lot of my friends and, and fans that just, I mean, they, they, a section of their paycheck goes to the concert fund. Yeah. They live for it. And so it's about me, but it's about you. And, and I think everyone will, will uh, relate to it. And um, I'm writing, I mean, constantly writing. I, I do have the Australian tour in the, uh, the spring and it's just honest to God, tackling goals like fitness, uh, things that have been on the back burner in some, some way, fitness, um, helping my neighbors. If I have, you know, if I, if they need some help creating better friendships, stronger friendships, getting in touch with people that I haven't been able to get in touch with for years due to a schedule and, and just, kind of being present with my daughter and making sure that you know she's she's happy and and um and can can uh can tell me everything that's going on i want to be on that level where we can have that connection and you will go until 11 years old and then you're a rock star until 11 doesn't matter what you do for a living and then when they <laughs> the teens they don't even talk to you and it breaks your heart trust uh, me well, I've heard. And I'm going to tell you, right when she gets around 10 years old, start not talking to her and start pushing her way out of your life because it's going to prevent you from heartbreak. They kill you. It will crush your soul. I, oh, it I still know. happens to me now. I'm like, oh. oh I I, it's so funny you say that. I was just telling someone else the other day. Right now, I, I have a real strong, straight communication with her. And she thinks I'm cool. Do it their dice now. She thinks I'm cool, and but I know it, the day is coming. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I didn't necessarily always see eye to eye with my mom and dad. And, of course, I wanted to be um, independent and away from them from, from time to time. And then you get older and you start going, uh, people people are m- moving on. and moving. The only real people you have is your family. So my Friday nights, if I – if I'm not on the road, which I'm, I haven't been much at all this year, are trying to get a hold of them. Hey, you guys want to go grab a pizza? And, but those are the know, best. And, and, but so, oh, it. I, I still get nervous, you know. And and there was a long time I was bulletproof. I didn't get nervous at all. Once I got in the Devil City Angels, um, I I was, I I just knew, you know, your performances are instantly on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you keep that in the back of your head. Like I gotta be my, my, my brightest self. I gotta make sure I hit everything. And, um, I, I think that's good in a way though. I, I think if you just, right. if you, if you phone it in or, or, or get drunk before the show and just kind of, you know, oh, I got these guys. Well, once you have it though, you gotta leave it there. you be like, you know what? I did my best because there'll be 18,000 people that love the show. And you're gonna get twelve keyboard warriors, and you're gonna feel horrible about it. Are gonna be, you know, you're like, look, I'm gonna come over to your house, over to your mom's house, come downstairs, knock all your pizza boxes over, <laughs> unplug your, your freaking internet, unplug your internet, and knock over yeah. all your pizza, and then, um, you but, know, like, you know that's, the, that's you know. the thing. Like anytime I tell my dad about, you know, all right, someone insulted me on the internet or anything like that. I mean, he's like, this is only gonna make you stronger. It, it's not gonna and now I can honestly say, I heard this uh, quote the other day, what that person thinks of me is none of my business. 
So if you can keep that in your head, mm-hmm. um, even though it, it hurts, but what they think of me uh, and, and they're, that's not my business and kind of move forward, you're, you're winning in a, in a way you're win you're not winning, but you're, you're carve you're carving a more of a bulletproof version of yourself. If you can just know I did my best and um, that's all you can do. I like to think, you know, if someone's criticizing it, I think, you know, if I see something a certain way, I'd be like, ah, it kind of sucks. Whatever. Like, clearly they're not playing their best, but I would never go on and lay a on stage or whatever. I'm like, yeah, they're having a bad night. They're, I've done a lot of bad things at work. I would hate for that to be on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yeah. not, not, not like bad things, but like made a mistake. I would hate my, my one mistake out of like doing 25 really good things. It, that's, and that's everybody, everybody, everybody gets 25,000 views and you're like, come on, you know how many other things are going to be friends? So I'm like, they had a bad night. But who, if I want to criticize, I'm like, who am I to do that? And then like, then I think about like, if someone's criticizing you, like, who are they? What kind of person are you? What's going on in your head that you, you feel like it's another oh. that has an off night. So that kind of person, I'm like, well, maybe I don't really, then, then, then you, your, your judgment isn't the same. You're not a kind person. You're not somebody that really gets life. You're just yeah. a jerk. And it really doesn't matter what I do or who it is. You're just going to be a jerk. You're, you're just going to be a jerk. And, uh, and, and my song leave the second song I did with the uh, golden robot. Um, the, the, the chorus is, um, leave that boy alone, leave that girl alone, leave us all alone. And it's, it's an anti-bullying, um, you have, you're, of, you're, you have a program, right? Actually, you need to support something, something with anti-bullying. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I forgot to ask that. I wanted to ask that if I it's important. It, I'm, I'm, I'm an ambassador for this, uh, organization basic that they're pretty much based on Twitter called, um, uh, free to love. And, um, Anyway, so sometimes I'll go to schools and speak to people about their goals and uh, how to help, how to be more or less your brother's keeper and more encouraging. And um, this hat I have, um, OTC crew, it's, it's, that stands for the other table crew. And um, that just means, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and going and making a friend. And I've always done, I've always done that. I've always enjoyed meeting new people. I don't like staying with the norm. I don't like just running with one crowd i I like if i can help somebody with any knowledge i have which is not very much um i want to and so yeah i mean speaking at schools and and i spoke at bike rallies which bikers are super supportive Mm -hmm. of of kids kids in general um and and you know wonderful causes like anti-suicide and um so yeah you know it's that that song really touches up on hey if you don't have anything nice to say beat it and i think that's fantastic i think i thank you for doing that yeah. if you if they're like all right i, I like their viewpoint and, and lead by example you know yeah if you really want somebody to go that way yeah lead by example is a good way and just being there obviously you know especially being young you don't want anybody telling you what to do it's the first reason to go away and <laughs> not do it you know what i mean i'm surprised well music in your house you didn't become like a librarian or something right <laughs> that was a joke of my family my wife's an artist and i'm, I'm not into music you know i mean i'm like oh my god they're gonna become like librarians and accountants it's gonna break my soul <laughs> they're gonna rub yeah, out yeah. pocket protectors yeah. come on guys <laughs> if, you, if you can if you can embrace who you are and and know like i said earlier in this this interview that we're just a blip on this this planet make it count mm-hmm. make it count um I, I think you can walk down the hallway of whether it be the school or, or, or to your desk at work 
and and just be a little bit more comfortable going all these things that I think are such a big deal are really not I, I need to be the best person I can be and um, and you you kind of harvest what you think so if you're in a if you're constantly negative and eh, woe is me you might get more than circumstances you know I like to more or less say look I come I came from Iowa uh, the, I started out in the southeast corner of Iowa nobody has ever really come out of Iowa and, and been quote unquote a rock star or whatever so take it from me you can do it if you put your mind to it. It's not, it's not BS. It's true. And um, if you, if you want it bad enough and you go to the ends of the earth to get it and the dark alleys and you survive, you're going to find yourself waking up every day doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Excellent. That's actually advice. We're going to end the show now because it's the perfect advice. So I'm going to say thank you. And thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. God bless you, brother. Thanks for reaching out. And um, anytime, um, I tell you what, when the, the new song comes out, uh, Lost Boys will uh, we'll get it to you. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. Take care.